Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of Fresh Fruit. We're so glad you're here. I'm Don Storrs, and this is my lovely wife, Cynthia, and uh, we've been here for three years here. Talking about gentleness, what does gentleness mean to us? Gentleness means it's self-sacrificing. Gentleness often means doing a 180 from what my original reaction would have yeah. been. listening, really listening, rather than, okay, I want to make my point. I think that that's how I'm able to respond in gentleness. Oh, well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome right here at our Franklin campus, our online campus. So glad we can come and worship our great God. What a great morning of worship already, man, being in the Lord's presence. So grateful, so thankful. And also welcome back to our series. We're in this incredible series called Fresh Fruit. And we're walking through the fruit of the Spirit. And we're seeing how God's called us to live, right? As we said this before, right? Salvation happens in an instant. There's that time that you commit your life to Christ. God's been drawing you to himself, inviting you into this relationship. There comes a time that you step over the line, say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Yes, I'm committing my life. And whether you were eight years old or 15 or 20, or we have people all the time, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old saying yes to Jesus. And it's awesome. So salvation happens in an instant. But sanctification, the goal of our lives, right, to become conformed to the image of Jesus, it takes a lifetime. And God's always working on us. God's always growing us and teaching us. And we're being discipled to become more like Jesus. And so when we become Christ followers, God places his Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. But there ought to be fruit that comes out of our lives. A Christ follower's life should look different than the world, right? Because the Holy Spirit is in us and working through us. And so just like you see an apple tree, you know it's an apple tree because there's apples. You see the fruit, you know it's an orange tree because there's oranges. You see the fruit, you call it by name. With a Christ follower, there ought to be fruit in our lives. And that's the distinguishing characteristic. People go, wow, there's something different about you. And you go, yeah, for the glory of God. Look what God's doing in me. And so here's the fruit of the Spirit we've been walking through. But the fruit of the Spirit, tells us in Galatians 5, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, what we'll hit today, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law, okay? And so we've been walking through one by one, right? We've been talking about this, the love, the joy, the peace that ought to be in our lives. 
And this is the beautiful part about following Jesus, right? That what God's doing in us and what God's doing through us. Now, these first three are attitude toward God, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, right? Joy, rejoice in the Lord always, right? The peace that passes understanding. The next three, patience, kindness, goodness, are attitude toward others, right? And I hope and pray, man, we're growing in our patience, that's a challenge, <laughs> let's be honest, right? But are we growing in our patience with others, our kindness, our goodness? And last week we started this, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, our attitude towards self. Am I gonna be faithful? Am I gonna live for the glory of God all the days of my life? Am I gonna be faithful to my family? Am I gonna be faithful to my friends? Am I gonna be a faithful person, right? And today we're gonna talk about this gentleness, gentleness. Now, already a lot of guys are like, oh, gentleness, great. You know, like, not, but hey, stay with me because this is a big one, I think, especially for today, especially for the society that we live in because it's a challenge for us to be gentle. And yet it's a distinguishing characteristic of a Christ follower, right? Remember what it says, the fruit, singular. You know, it's not fruits like I get to pick. Yeah, I'll take a little bit of joy, but I don't really know gentleness, you know, or self-control, forget that, you know, no. All of these ought to be in our lives, right? All of these, and it ought to be fresh. Ought to be something God's doing new. Ought to be something God's doing on a daily basis. Not, well, you know, I was joyful last year, but you know, this year has been a tough year. And so, no, that this is always in me. This is always coming out of me. So today let's unpack gentleness. If you've got a worship guide, love for you to pull that out. If you have the Rolling Hills app. Love for you to pull that up on your phone. There's a place to fill in blanks. I love, I hear from people all the time, like, man, I love this. I'm just writing things down. And it, it's great. It's great. And here in an online community, man, you guys are awesome. And, and just hearing what God's teaching us in this. In fact, if you don't have the Rolling Hills app, go ahead and download it right now because it's a great way to know more information about all the things that God's doing here in his church. But a great place for us to grow and learn as well. Now, what we've seen with all of these, all of these, is the world's gonna try to sell us a cheap imitation, right? With love, the world tries to sell us lust. We all want real love, but the world's going, no, 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 lust, lust, right? You must have it now. How does it make you feel? You know, love is, man, I'll wait. You know, love is, what can I do for you? But the world's gonna come in with joy and start to sell us happiness, happiness, right? And happiness is based on circumstances. So we're up and we're down, we're like on a roller coaster. Man, I'm happy, I'm not happy, I'm happy. Joy is based on Christ. There's a depth. But the same thing happens with gentleness, gentleness. So here we go, if you're taking notes. The world does not say gentleness, but when at all cost. When at all cost. Now, we all love to win, don't we? We love when our team wins, man. We get excited about that, right? And our attitude's up and down many times because we're like, oh, they lost. And we're like, oh, I'm sad. We're in the dumps. But but, but win, man, we, we want to win. But there comes a time when we take it too far sometimes, right? Sometimes, here's the thing, right? On the next slide, it tells us this. It's not going there. But if it did, it would say the world says <laughs> the ends justify the means. The ends justify the means. It, it was the famous coach, Vince Lombardi, he said this, right? He said, you show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. He said, if you're not first, you're last, right? That's Vince Lombardi, right? Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Vince Lombardi would say this. He'd say, you know what? I mean, if, if it's not about winning, why they keep a score? And, and I think that gets into our minds, doesn't it? 
And so sometimes people will say, well, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, you know? And so you kind of bring that in and it comes into our world today and it comes into our lives. And the fact is, the fact is, we all grow up with that mindset. You know, I mean, especially here at Williams Academy, man, we're a type A, we want to win. We want our kids' soccer to win and they're three-year-old and they're out there, let's go, let's go, you know, come on, you know, and it just comes. And then as we grow up, we're more and more competitive and we keep that in. Now I grew up playing sports and I loved it and it's fun and it's great and it's exciting. But, but sometimes we carry that on in our lives and we keep competing in our lives. You know, because we're competing in sports, we compete in GPA, we're competing in you know, getting to schools and the colleges and all these things. And so sometimes we still have that. And we're like, well, I don't know about anybody else, but I've got to win, right? I got to get to the top or whatever the top is for me in my mind. I've got to get there. It's kind of funny, right? You, you have a player, you follow him and they're great. And you're so excited about that player. And then they get traded. You're like, I hate that guy. You know, it's, like, it's horrible. I mean, what do they do? They just chase jerseys. But now all of a sudden they're the villain, right? They're like, horrible. You know, you're like, what happened? Now they, but now you're like, oh, I don't even like them. Why don't I even like them before? And you're like, well, because they played for your team, right? And now they don't. And, and so we bring this mindset into our minds. Okay, look at this. Here's the thing. We live in a success-driven world. But who actually defines success? I mean, think about that, right? We live in a success-driven world. Man, we want to be successful, but at some point, every one of us has to stop and go, time out, time out, time out, time out. Who's actually defining success here? Am I living for the glory of God? Am I going to make a difference for His name? Am I going to bless people? I want to encourage people? Or, man, do I have I gotten caught up and I'm just living for the world? And it doesn't matter who I have to beat, but man, I'm getting to the top. I'm getting the corner office. I'm getting the highest accolades. I'm getting whatever it takes because I want the best car, the best house, best everything, you know, and it doesn't matter. Hey, we want to have that drive. We want to be, you know, successful. But man, I want to be successful for the things that matter to God. <laughs> the things that matter to God. Here's the deal, right? The world says, make your point. You stand up for yourself. You make your point. You are the one, right? You do this. You do that. How many times? How many times do you find yourself in an argument and you think, I should have stopped there? You ever been there? You're in an argument, you know, with your spouse, with your roommates, you're in an argument with your kids, and you're like, oh, but I'm going to make my point. I want them to know. I want to win. And you're thinking, oh, I should have stopped there. So I've crushed their little spirits, man. I've crushed them, but I made my point, made my point. Here's what the Bible says, and this is something I hope and pray we all memorize. The Bible says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. You see, we all have the power. We all have the power. We can escalate arguments or we can bring them down. We can go in and we're like, man, I'm gonna win at all costs, or man, I can go, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this worth winning? And how do I define winning? If I break the relationship, if I damage their self-esteem, if I hurt, am I really winning? A gentle answer turns away wrath. You know what, guys? That's spiritual maturity. <laughs> That's growing up. And probably if you look at your lives, you're man, maybe when I was in college or, you know, when I was in high school, or, man, I would have just, ugh, I don't want more. And then as you get older, you go, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're more important than me winning this. You are valuable you're valuable. So into this world, into this world, God calls his followers to gentleness. Gentleness. 
And this is a big one, you guys. So if you have a Bible, I invite you up with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. So New Testament, right? You got, you know, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All these letters that the Apostle Paul's writing to these churches. And he's writing to these churches and he's saying, this is how you live out your faith. Right? This is what sanctification looks like. And so all the fruit of the Spirit that he's been unpacking. We saw that in Ephesians, right? Be kind and compassionate, right? The fruit of righteousness is goodness. We saw in Philippians last week, not that I've already obtained all this, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Faithfulness. And then we come here, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when things are great, not just when everything's going your way, not just when things are perfect. No, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. He says, rejoice, exclamation point. Like have joy in your life. Have joy because of what Christ is doing in you. And then look at this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Isn't that interesting? He could have said a lot of things there, you know, but he says, no, let your gentleness. People don't expect that. You know, people expect you to get mad, get worked up. People expect you to blow the horn. You know, people expect you to like, yeah, knock people all the way. But, but he's like, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. He says, think about that. God's watching. God's near. Do not be anxious about anything. You anxious today? You anxious about anything today? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Right there in that passage, right? You talk about joy, talk about gentleness, and what comes out? Peace. What comes out? Peace. Here's the thing, right? Gentleness is not weakness. It's not weakness. And that's why I think a lot of guys are like, ah, oh, you know, gentleness, ah, oh, come on. You know? but, but no, 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 no. Gentleness is not weakness. And we got to get that in our heads. We got to understand that. Gentleness is meekness, actually. It's meekness, which is strength under control. Strength under control. You know, the Greeks, the New Testament was written in Greek, and, and the Greeks loved a word picture. They love putting a word picture so that you would understand whatever the word is. And, and, the, and the word picture that they use, this meekness, this gentleness, is this. It's a wild stallion that's been broken. And so you think about this horse with all this strength, with all this energy, with all, you know, it's ah. Uh, and when they're out on their own and they're wild, they're just running around and the anger and ah. Uh, but then when they're broken and they come under kind of the headship of this rider, then all of a sudden they're focused. And man, they can go into battle. They can move stones. They can do all kinds of things. And I think that's what God's saying to us. You've got all this energy. You've got all this inside of you. You've got all this that's happening. But man, when you come under the control, the Lordship of Christ, then all of a sudden there's gentleness. It's strength. Yes, it's strength. It's strength under control. Look at this. Jesus was gentle. <laughs> Jesus was gentle. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, right? He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. There's a great book called Gentle and Lowly, man. I mean, it's just really good if you want to read more into this. But, but Jesus was gentle. And if we're to be like Jesus, we're called to be gentle. We're called to be gentle. But gentleness says others are more important. I mean, that's what it says. 
Gentleness is saying others is more important, which goes back to Philippians chapter two, right? In Philippians chapter two, it says, consider others better than yourselves. You go, well, I'm not considering others better than myself. I mean, listen, I want to win, you know? And then hold on, wait a minute. I want to consider others. I want to think about how I can bless them. I want to consider how I can encourage them. I want to say, hey, others are more important in my life. It's not just all about me. If you keep going, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And I think that call for that gentleness to be evident, you know, my dad's gentle. <laughs> he's not always angry. He's not always mad, you know. You know, my friend, they're gentle. I can go to them. I can say anything and they, and they don't get mad at me. They're not angry with me. You know, my boss, they're, they're gentle, right? Man, they're strong. They, I mean, they're smart. They're amazing. They're good at what they do. They want to be the best. They, they want to, but, but man, they're, they're gentle in the way they handle things and the mistakes that we make. And they're gentle. They're gentle. A great definition of gentleness is this. Christ-like consideration for others. Christ-like consideration for others. I love that. Seeing people the way Jesus sees them. Seeing the people the way Jesus, loving people the way Jesus loves them. Here's the thing. Jesus was not a pushover. I mean, you read through the New Testament. It wasn't Jesus was a doormat. It wasn't like Jesus, people ran over Jesus. No, he was strong. All right, man, you talk about flipping tables and the temple. You know, when they came to arrest Jesus, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you can go to the Gospel of John and read this. But the Romans sent soldiers. The temple guard comes out there. Okay, so you got a detachment of soldiers. They're coming out to the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest Jesus. Jesus has been praying. He's with his disciples. They're all gathered there. You know, it's at night. It's dark. So they've got torches, no electricity back then, right? And, and, and here comes all these soldiers out there. And they say, well, where's Jesus of Nazareth, right? And because they're looking, they're trying to figure out, I mean, it's dark and they can see, you know, there's 12 of them out there praying and Jesus steps forth and you go to the gospel of John, it shows you this, it says, Jesus steps forth and goes, I am he. And when he said, I am he, the Bible says all that detachment of soldiers fell back and fell to the ground. I mean, make no mistake about it. Jesus, he could have stopped this at any time, but he willingly went to the cross for you and for me. He willingly laid down his life. He wasn't a pushover, man. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was a gentle giant. You know, some people like that, you're just like, man, they, they are big and they're strong, but man, they're kind. There's something different about them. See, Jesus had all the power, but he also had all the love. He had all the power, but he had all the love. I love when Jesus was teaching and all the little kids were coming up to Jesus. They were coming from all over and the disciples were like, no, 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 no. He's busy, okay? This is like adults only for, you know, because you won't understand this. I mean, and all, and Jesus goes, stop, stop. Let the little children come to me. And I can picture little kids just crawling all over Jesus, you know, back on his shoulders and being in his lap. I mean, I can just picture that. And I think that's awesome. You know, when you're holding a baby, you just hold them and you look at them. And I mean, you've got all the power. You got the strength, right? But that precious baby, they got your heart. <laughs> and you love them. And you're gentle with them. You're like, oh, so careful. You're so careful because what's, what's in your hands is precious. You know, I wish people came with like a sticker that said fragile, you know, <laughs> or handle with care. 
right? Don't you? Because, I mean, so often we don't know the battle that they're fighting. And maybe they say something and you just want to, man, just want to go right back at them. And you go, hold on. Or there's something that comes on social media and you're like, oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to win this. And you're like, hold on. Let me think about this. Maybe there's something going on in their lives. Maybe there's something going on in their hearts. Let me be gentle. Now, I'm not a pushover. I speak truth. I got to lay it out there. You know, there's times that I got to go, hey, you know, man, let's, how do we do this better? But, but, but man, I want to do that with gentleness. That's what it tells us in 1 Peter, right? But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. In your hearts, you're not living for the world anymore. You're living for Christ. Christ is Lord. So always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. When you're living differently like this, people are going to ask, what are you going to say? But do this with gentleness and respect. Gentleness, how you respond to people. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of your slander. You know, that's the call for us. Hey, listen, right plus rude <laughs> equals wrong. Right plus rude equals wrong. Right, but you're like, but I'm right. <laughs> yeah, but how do you say it? Tone matters. All of us, guys, tone matters. There's sometimes we just go, yeah, and we want to respond right back. But how we do that, our tone matters. I just don't always have to win. Hold on, I can say this in a way that's going to lead them and build them up and encourage them instead of tearing people down. Hey, gentleness calls us to spiritual leadership. Leadership. This is the mark of a leader, man. And the Apostle Paul, he writes this. He says, by the meekness and gentleness, look at that. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. So here's the Apostle Paul. He could have come and said, listen, I've studied the Old Testament. I, I know all these things, right? I'm like super apostle. But he goes, no, 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 no. I'm coming to you with meekness and gentleness. You talk about a leader, the Apostle Paul impacted the world, okay? I mean, you're talking about, you look at Jesus, impacted the world. Gentleness, there's something to it. And we live in this culture where it's like, no, 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 might is right. I'm gonna rule, war, fight, you know, instead of going, hold on, how do I lead? How do I lead? Because we're all leaders. We are all leaders at some place in our life. You're a leader in your family. You could be a leader at school. You could be a leader at work. Maybe you have employees that work for you. How are you leading, right? You're a leader, right, wherever you are in your community, in the HOA, you're a leader online, you know. How are you using that influence? How are you leading people? Jim Collins, a few years ago, wrote this great book called Good to Great. It's a business book. But in there, he defines this level five leader. And he says, that's a person with humility, you know, I mean, he talks about five levels of leadership. And so often we, got, we stop at level four and that's the charismatic leader. That's the one, oh, we're gonna take this, we're gonna charge this. But he said, there's a whole different level, level five. And those are the people who have humility. And he goes, those are the people who run great companies. Those are the people who have the success. He compared companies at the same stage, right? And same market share and everything else. But he said, one company takes off and just excels and another company falls by the wayside. He goes, why? He goes, because they got a level five leader and it's humility. Have you noticed how many companies today are gonna go, hey, we need to take a serve day. 
We're gonna give our people time off to go serve. We're gonna give our people time off to go work. Why? Because they understand this. They're starting to realize this. Hold on. How am I with people? How am I in this area of gentleness? Guys, this is big for all of us. It's big for all of us. And here's one of the best ways I think that we can grow in our gentleness. Here's one of the best ways I think. It's missions. It's serving. It's giving back. Today is our Mission Sunday, and I love this day. And, and after the service out in the gallery, or you can go online, and there's people with local ministries here, and just places that we can get involved and serve, amazing ministries. We're also blessed today to have our leaders for Justice and Mercy International. And JMI was a ministry we started out of our church, you know, 14 years ago. And, and we just had our big JMI gala this past Thursday night. But I want to introduce to you, so Mary Catherine Hunt, who's our executive director, and then all the way from the Amazon, we have Sarah Rodriguez, and all the way from Moldova, we have Alina Magdaluk, and they're our national directors. You guys, let's give them a hand today. They are awesome. Come on over, you guys. I want you to hear from them today and what God's doing in JMI and how we as a church can continue to be involved. So Mary Catherine, tell us a little bit about JMI and what God's doing. Absolutely. We started as a church, Justice and Mercy International, in 2008. And we did that because we really wanted to raise up local leaders in the places where we were going and doing mission trips, people who could do missions 365 days out of the year. And the buckets of work of kind of the different aspects of our work, we do vulnerable child and teen care, we do pastoral training and equipping. We do crisis care, which has been a big one for us for the last two years. And then we do church mobilization. So taking U.S. churches to the places where we work, but also raising up relationships with local churches in both Moldova and in the Amazon. Wow. And it's been incredible what God's done. It really so, has. Sarah, I mean, you are such an amazing leader. And, and talk about what God's been doing in the Amazon and through JMI or JMA, Justice and Mercy Amazon. Well, um, as most of you, first, it's so good to be here with you all. Like, <laughs> I love the church. And we watch it all the way from the Amazon. But um, as you, most of you know, we had such a brutal year last year. 2021 mm. really took a toll on us. And the staff lost family members. Like we were, you know, just going through COVID. And I feel like in 2022, the Lord um, extended such an extra portion of healing healing and love, not only towards us, but also the people on the river who also uh, lost. I don't think there's one person in the Amazon that has not lost someone in the last year. And it was truly a year, Jeff, that we got to see so many people because their hearts were so... Um, broken and hurting, um, a year of salvation, really. We saw in several of our church services, uh, people truly giving their lives to Christ and seeking out to Him. When you don't have a way out, you just say, here it is. And we got to serve in over 400 villages just uh, January through now and um, feed over 15,000 people with the food that, you know, a lot of you are involved in providing. Medical and dental teams were there. We did inaugurate our new boat, the Splendor, and and that was amazing. And we built it so we could have more teams, safer ways to travel. And we had 18 mission teams between Brazilian churches and American churches, uh, taking out volunteers and serving with our jungle pastors. And of course, they're the ones that actually make a way for us to get to places where they most need the gospel first and also help. And so uh, we had our two pastors conference and they were ones that truly needed pastor like shepherding and healing. And it's been amazing 
amazing to join them in um, continuing the work. You know, I, I was truly wondering what God would do in 2022, uh, but he always surprises us with provision, love, salvation, and hope for the people in the Amazon. So it was, it was a pretty great year. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alina, you're an incredible leader, too, and you have, what, 45 staff, I think, yes. now in Moldova. Uh, tell us about what God's doing through JMI Moldova. Um, I think God is doing miracles mm. because, you know, this year was uh, different for all of us, but we saw His love, His faithfulness, and His provision and support, mm. you know, more than um, in the previous years, probably, because we continue to do what we have been doing before. Uh, we continue to help thousands of Moldovan families, uh, teenagers, children um, who really need help. You know, so that was hard enough, you know, caring for, um, you know, 900 sponsored children, you know, 70 teenagers. But then uh, um, I just saw people mobilize. I saw people grow in Christ in their faith, um, and they just give it all. You know, we often say give it all, but we probably don't always understand what it means. Not to give from um, what you have more than you need, but from giving what you need yourself. Um, so that was amazing. We saw ordinary people who did extraordinary things. Like I can give you an example of our uh, driver. Uh, his name is Alexei. And before he came to work for us, he had some health problems. So we were so careful. Oh, let's not have Alexei carry the food bags that are like 50 pounds or let's him be careful. But then he started serving us. He opened the door for us. He was waiting with, you know, sanitizer for us. He was carrying those food bags. And then when the um, war conflict started, he, he worked nonstop, mm. like 7 a.m. to midnight. And we were so worried. And I kept saying, Alexei, do you need help? Do you need a break? And he said, no, this is the time when God is really using me. This is what I am here for. You know, so we, I mean, I saw people who had health problems, but they worked nonstop and mm -hmm. we never knew they could do that much. You know, there was just time of showing how much we can do if we trust in him, if we give ourselves to him like 100%. It's incredible. And I just want to say thank you to both of you because y'all have been in a battle. I mean, a war, you know, I mean. I mean, you think about, you, you had no clue, I mean, that there would be Russia and Ukraine, a war happening right at your border. You had no clue all the 100,000 refugees would be coming into Moldova. And, and your team, you know, you continue to work with the orphans and vulnerable children, but then you were ministering to refugees, you know. Yes. And then a year, two years ago, I mean, with COVID and the spread and continue to do ministry at Jungle Pastors, but taking oxygen tanks throughout Manaus. Yeah. And your team has worked tirelessly, mm -hmm. and we are so grateful. And we have been praying for you all, you know, lifting you up and, and, and giving and everything that we possibly can. But I wanted to say thank you, you know, for what you've done. And, and Mary Catherine, tell us how we, you know, as a church can continue to be involved. Well, we have opportunities for sponsorship. Uh, between all of our campuses, we have about 100 people that we're trying to get sponsored sometime either today or over the next month. So we have a table right out front. Um, if you're online, you can go online to justiceandmercy.org to find out about how you sponsor. We have mission trips. So we're going to talk a lot today about uh, spring break mission trips. We're actually taking a team to the Amazon over spring break, and it'll be on the Splendor. We'd love for you to pray and consider being part of that. Um, and then just pray. 
you know, pray for us. That is the biggest thing that you can do. That's the thing that I ask above all for all these things, that you will pray for our staff on the ground. Um, pray that there is, that there's peace in Ukraine. Yes. And pray that we are not at the center of yet another something in 2023. I feel like every year there's been like a massive world crisis and it's been in the places where we live and work. So uh, just praying for just peace across the board. Mm, yeah. Give us one thing we can pray for. One thing from the Amazon, one thing from Moldova that we yeah. can bring. We're definitely praying for wisdom right now as we expand our trainings for our jungle pastors. Uh, we have trained two, 200 to 250 leaders a year, plus children's uh, ministry leaders that are raising up a new generation of believers. And we often face, we see that they want to go and do missions and go further. I mean, we're right around Manaus, and there are places that people have never heard. And we have been very intentional in pushing the jungle church forward so that they can go and evangelize and get to those places. And that includes um, funds for them to eat. I mean, a lot of our pastors had a such a difficult year with basics. I mean, we got to their home and they were hungry. Mm. And that's something that we can't, I can't do it. I'm like, you have to eat. And so we're praying for ways that they can have the basics, that they can have maybe a little jumbo, that they can get to the next village, have fuel to take their family back and forth. And so those are some of the things that I feel like God is really pressing in our hearts and making a way for his church to also obey as we're going, mm. they should go to. And of course, new headquarters, we, we were, you came to our office. Um, it's a small room and we're really praying for God's direction in that so that we could have more trainings in Manaus and have them come and go back home. So we're just with expectation, but truly depending on God's direction and wisdom. Mm, amazing. Alina? Um, pray for protection, yeah. um, provision. Mm. Um, protection because we don't know what's happening next, but we know we trust. Mm. We trust and we grow in the hardest times. Um, you know, so we just protection from everything, anything bad that could happen to our people, to our country, protection for our transitional living kids who are young and who are going through, you know, all these hard times and provision. Because in the midst of this, we are growing. We have more staff. We added staff. We keep adding. And some of them are transitional living kids, the ones that we raised. And for, you know, houses in the south, for provision for this winter, because this will be so hard. Mm. People who were poor they are even poorer now. I don't know if there, there is a word for that, you mm -hmm. know. So for people to survive the winter, you know, for, for us to be able to provide more houses, to raise the new generation for Moldova, the generation that would look, have a different mentality, different values. Mm. And so, and for the staff, of course, you know, for, you know, wisdom and love and patience. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got all of us praying, and, and, and I will say this to both of you, you know, um, when COVID was so rampant, and Mary Catherine and we were talking um, about, you know, do you need to leave and get out? And you said, no, <laughs> I'm staying. And Alita would, you know, the war broke out in Ukraine, and we were getting visas for our transitional kids to try to get to Romania, or, and you said, you know, me and Bob, we're not leaving. This is where God's called us, and we're going to minister here. Yes. And uh, I just want to say thank you for your sacrifice, for the difference that you make. And I want you to know you have a whole church family that loves you and prays for you. And um, you're so special to us. So let me say a word of prayer right now. Father, thank you for Sarah, for Alina. Thank you, God, for what you're doing through JMI, JMA, God. Um, I pray, Father, for, for both of them. Give them wisdom, leadership, God. 
Um, God, I pray, Father, in the Amazon, for these pastors, I pray, God, that you provide food. I pray that you provide protection. I pray for Alina, Father. I pray for in Moldova right now with the war right at their border, God. I pray protection, as she asked, over our kids, over our staff. I pray, Father, that as they minister to refugees, they do tirelessly, God, around the clock, and taking care of orphans and vulnerable children, but also refugees now. And so bless them today, God. As a church, let us be the hands and feet of Christ. Let us, Father, work for your glory, God, through them and making a difference around the world. So thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the hope that we have. And thank you for our friends who are serving you faithfully. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you guys. Y'all are amazing. Appreciate it. Oh, man. Woo! Guys, that's our call right there. And that's what God's allowing us to do together. Look at this. Just a couple more. Gentleness comes when we are growing in Christ. It comes when we're growing in Christ. You know, we can't do it on our own, right? It's not just willpower because then we'll get frustrated, we'll get angry. But when we're growing in Christ, we see that. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, notice this, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So every morning when you wake up, what are you putting on that day? Like, hey, I'm gonna go crush people or man, I'm gonna go encourage people. I'm gonna go bless people. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is our call. This is our call. Look, Jesus' disciples grew in their gentleness. I mean, really, you think about Peter. I mean, he was there with a sword, right? He was cutting off the ear of, you know, the high priest servant, and, and he's just ready to fight. And then over time, he changed. He's blessing people. He's encouraged. He becomes a leader in the early church. You take John. John was the son of thunder and calling down fire, you know, on the Samaritans. That's what he wanted to do. And Jesus is like, no, we're not doing that, you know. And, and then he writes about love. You know, Paul, this guy was, man, intense, right? I mean, he was Saul persecuting the church. And Jesus changed his heart, changed his life. So here's the question. Are you growing in gentleness? Are you growing? Are you loving more? Are you kind? Are the people around you, but are you serving others? Are you looking for needs around you? Are you meeting those needs and saying, God, how can you use me? Not to build my own kingdom, build your kingdom. To make a difference today for your name and for your glory. Guys, we're called to be gentle. Why? Because our God is gentle. Our God is gentle. I was reading the other day in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, and here's what it says. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Maybe you think that God's mad at you. Maybe you think that God's always accusing you. No, 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 no. This is our God. This is our God. He's just gentle with you. He carries you close to his heart. Isn't that incredible? If you begin to think about God like that, it changes how you live, right? God's not mad. God's when you mess up. God's not there pointing a finger. God's there drawing you to himself. God's there saying, I love you. I care about you. Now you go, don't worry. You don't have to win all the time. It's okay. I want you to be your best. I want you to do your best, but I want you to be a blessing to others. You know, because it doesn't matter, right? If you die with $2 million in your bank account or if you die with $1 in your bank account, right? We're all gonna die. We're all gonna stand before God one day. So everything we have is his. 
God, what can you do through me? God, what can you do for your glory? God, I'm your servants. But in my heart, I set apart Christ as Lord. What about you? I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. Are you gentle? Are you gentle with your spouse? Are you gentle with your kids? Are you gentle with your friends? Or are you always mad? Are you always nagging? Is there somebody you need to forgive today? So, Father God, we, we live in this type A culture. We live in this world. Might is right. But yet, God, you call us to gentleness. And, God, those are the people who've made a difference in our lives. And I pray we would be those people. God, thank you that you're gentle with us. Thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. I pray right now, Father, for salvation. Maybe there's somebody here who's always thought that you were mad at them, that you were angry judgmental, condemning, and yet, God, what we see is you carry us close to your heart. <laughs> you love us with everlasting love. You promise to provide for us, to take care for us. And so whatever worries or fears, we bring that to you. Whatever relationships we're struggling in, we bring it to you. And we pray, Father, you would find us faithful. We pray you would find us gentle. Thank you for your presence today. We are your servants. And it's in the beautiful name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.